You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session five. Thank you for being here and being a part of our season six. I love this session because I feel like it shows you why we say stuff like mindset is 80 to 90% of it and strategy is, you know, like 10 to 20%, right? Because most of this call we spend talking about mindset and the part that we spend talking about strategy is so easy at that point because we've been talking so much about mindset. So it's how these two live together, right? And then actually, um, one of the things we talked about Michelle doing, she messaged me in Basecamp like a few hours after uh, this session ended and was like, amazing, I felt good and did it right away. So that's where execution comes in, right? So I just want you guys to be able to see like, the reason we spend so much time on mindset is because that's what makes the strategy easy. And when the strategy is easy, that's what makes it really simple to go execute right away. And that's how you get more and more results. So just pay attention to that in this session and see how those play together so you can give yourself more and more permission to focus on mindset first and give that a really solid foundation so that it's easier to get to the strategic and execution pieces. There we go. How you doing? I am feeling very anxious. Okay. It's totally okay. I think most of it honestly is just like we have our ultrasound on Wednesday and I just like really want it to go well. Um, Totally. And like I have no reason to believe that it's, like, not going to go well. Um, I took another morning nap today because I just, like, started to feel, like, a little queasy, which has, like, been true for both of my pregnancies that I've made it this far. So I feel like that's a good sign. But I'm still just, like, (laughs) I'm done with obstacles. Please just, like, be a baby in a sack with a heartbeat and, like, let's call it a day. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And it's hard to think about anything else with that weight two almost, right? It's like, it's Monday. Yeah. It's happening two days from now. It's like very hard to kind of get your head fully in something else. Yeah, for sure. And I like, I think even when I'm not thinking about it, like the weight of it is just still there. And I'm just yep. like, oh, um, Monday or Wednesday is going to be like a really interesting day in general too. Cause it's like not a normal day at all. Right. Like I had to call the clinic this morning to reschedule our ultrasound because we're going to Ori's grandpa's funeral on Wednesday. Right. And it was like we weren't going to make it on time with the like time they had scheduled. And fortunately, they just like moved it up for us. So like we're going to go to the clinic and then we're going to go to the funeral. And I was just like, well, hopefully we'll get to like spend that hour plus in the car like, you know, being like, yay, ultrasound like it went really well. And I guess like if there's a place where I'm going to just like grieve and cry, a funeral is a really appropriate place to do that. Um, You're supported either way. So there's that. Um, But I would like to be just in like a good headspace so I can just like be there for the folks that are grieving. So it'd be nice to be not the one grieving for change. Do you feel like you know where you want to like let yourself be? Like are you wanting to like let yourself just be in the excitement and possibility of it? Are you wanting to just be in the potential um, like unknown of it? Are you wanting to give yourself permission there to be? But like, I guess my question is, is like, I feel like it's almost like, what is the intention you want to bring to this? And like any of it's Mm -hmm. okay. If you're like, I just want to bring the intention to like ride every emotional wave as it comes. I think that's okay. (laughs) It's just like almost like I think that that's some sense of control is being like, this is the intention I'm bringing, right? Yeah. And I think for me, the intention as of late has just been honoring like wherever I am at any given moment, right? So it's like when I'm just like feel good or hopeful, like feeling that. And like when I have like moments of like fear or anxiety, like not making them mean anything because I've definitely had moments in this process where like 
when I felt fear, I was like, oh, that means that this terrible thing's going to happen. And it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it it doesn't. No, <laughs> like, totally. It doesn't mm-hmm. at all. Like the fear is normal and it's just there. And like you can either make it mean it's the thing. And then, of course, like there have been times where the fear came true, but it wasn't because I thought the fear, right? And mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. just learning to be like, it's okay to have the fear and then just like be, you know, and then like I move think, to the next thing. Totally. I think that's really helpful. And I think what it helps you do is almost like, give yourself a pat on the back every time mm-hmm. it's happening, no matter what's happening. Like mm-hmm. if it's the fear and you're honoring it, give yourself a pat on the back. If you're in the excitement, you're honoring it, give yourself a pat on the back. Like I think it just gives you that way of being like, I'm getting it right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really important in a time where like everything else feels unknown. The known is like, I'm proud of how I'm showing up in this moment. So something I'm always looking for with clients is to figure out how we can create more empowerment for them because I really, really believe that like even in the most difficult of situations, when we're feeling empowered, it is so much easier to move through them and to handle them than when we're feeling disempowered. So here with Michelle, it's just noticing how when we create that intention, it can equal empowerment. So Michelle being like, you know, my intention is just to honor where I'm at all the time. Beautiful. That equals her empowerment because then every time she does it, she feels totally like she's hitting that intention and she feels completely empowered to do it in a way that feels good to her. Like she can complete that task almost, so to speak, right? She may not be able to make sure that everything goes according to plan, but what she can intend is to honor herself where she's at. And then what she can do is give herself credit when she does that, right? And you can see how that creates so much more of those feelings of empowerment than just feeling like, well, this thing is totally out of my hands, so it is what it is, right? You know, there is a lot that she's having to surrender here, but when she can have that power and take back her power around something like, well, what's the intention I wanna bring to this? And then when can I give myself credit when I'm doing it? That really can create a shift in energy and emotion, even in really difficult situations. So I think that's just really beautiful for her to see here. It doesn't mean we, you know, have to think positive no matter what, or don't honor where she's at. The intention is literally to honor where she's at, but giving herself credit for that and seeing that she can find that power within herself to do that is so key. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and like, I'm grateful that I have the like spaciousness to just like be without like all the pressure, right? So like that I could just like take a nap this morning when I like wasn't feeling great and still feel good of like, this isn't going to impact my lunch today. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas like if I was still in my nine to five, I might be like, oh, like I didn't get this thing done. Like I can't nap in the middle of the day because I'm not supposed to do, you know, like just like all the things. And so I feel like I've had just like even more space to just like check in with myself, right? As Mm -hmm. opposed to like, if I was like running from like meeting to meeting or people were just popping into my office to say hi, like, you know, it's a great distraction, but it doesn't create space for like processing. So yep. so that's been good, even though I'm like, oh, I could do without these like high intensity anxiety moments. Totally. And I think that's something for us to keep working on is unwinding. We talked a lot about this in Basecamp last week, I think too, but like unwinding what was true about the nine to five versus what's true about your business. Cause mm-hmm. I think in your brain right now, it's like more stuff equals not no space for Michelle to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we want to keep reshifting that to be like more things equals like more freedom to determine yep. my schedule or to like, and just keep playing with that. Like, and yeah. obviously it just makes sense. Cause you just came off your nine to five, not all that long ago, but I think it's yep. just so helpful to see how like, far apart those still feel in your brain. Yeah. And I think just like coming to terms with like, there can be a paradigm where like I can be doing more things or like have client calls and meetings and I can still honor this like space. Uh, Exactly. And I've I've done stuff like that, you know, like last week when I rescheduled a stop the spiral call because I was like, I'm in such a heightened anxious space right now (laughs) waiting for this clinic call that like I know that I can't serve this human well. Um, And so just like honoring that moment. And, like, realizing that I have control over that, whereas, like, in my nine-to-five, I didn't feel like I had control over that. Um, And so I think it's just, like, you're so right, like, learning those little pieces of just, like, 
this can be true and it can also look really different than like what I was used to it looking like. Yeah. So I feel like it's just a very small shift to make right now could be like instead of being like I'm so grateful for the spaciousness saying like I'm so grateful for this business or I'm so grateful to be Mm. out of the nine to five because again that I think just helps your brain be like oh it's safe to let in more like that's not taking away from this. Does that make sense? So there's really been a thread I've noticed with Michelle we've talked about it someone sessions and some in base camp for sure, but it's just really continuing to rewrite that nine to five programming that kind of says it's like business versus life, right? I think that feels really, really present for her still having come out of her nine to five not that long ago and having that always feel like she was kind of picking one or the other. And so really reworking that is going to be so, so, so important to business for her because If it constantly feels like that's a battle, it's going to be so much harder for her to let those results in in business because such a huge priority for her is her life, is her family, is her pregnancy right now, right? So anything that feels like it's in competition to that, she's going to consciously or subconsciously resist, right? So the more that we can rewrite the fact that like the business supports the life, right? The business gets to move around the life as needed. The more she's going to drop some of that resistance to letting more people in her space, more clients in her world, all of that. Right. And the other thing I want to say about this is yes, we're saying like the life around, or I mean the business fits the life and you can always move things. But what I find to be so interesting is that, you know, knowing that you can move things doesn't mean you always do. Right. It's just about the freedom of it. I personally feel so much freedom knowing that I can move things. And also I do it so, so, so infrequently, right? But knowing that I can is such a resistance dropper (laughs) in business because I feel safe to take on those clients because I know that if something comes up, I can move things, I can shift things if needed, you know? And so I think that's just really important to see where sometimes I feel like when we say that people are like, but I don't want to constantly be moving stuff around on my clients. Well, I don't either. I totally get that. But having the freedom to doesn't mean you always exercise it, you know, but knowing it's there can be really, really important. So just notice that in your own business, like where do you have some resistance to letting more people or clients in your world and what narrative is driving that and what might need to shift there? Yeah, I like, I like that reframe. And I really do think like the spaciousness is the business. It's not necessarily like the, it's not about the time. It's about like, it's not like 10 to 11 AM this morning or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's about like the freedom and the flexibility, which I'll have like at any, and like, I even had that in my nine to five, even though like ultimately my time wasn't my time, right? Like someone could just throw a meeting on my calendar or whatever. But like I attempted to like block off time to like focus on email or like eat my lunch or like to have like time just like you know I spaced my meetings out in a certain way so that I didn't feel overwhelmed by like how often I was like talking to humans so um, yeah even just remembering that like that existed in my nine to five too even though like I wasn't fully in control of all the pieces and stuff so totally that's a good reminder And I think that's just so normal when we come off of a nine to five too, because it felt like what you said is like our time wasn't our own at all. Mm -hmm. And then we're so scared of swinging back to that. Yeah. We're then like, we have a bunch of clients that our time doesn't feel like our own anymore again. And I think it's just remembering that like, that can just be like a primary intent for you is that even if you have a lot of couples or things, your time is still your own. And so if you have to move one, if you have to reschedule, if you have to like, all of that is like an option on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like the universe has been like just giving me like example after example of all the ways like the things can be integrated. Like yeah. last week, like having to go find a tow truck for yeah. like our car and just like, you know, and again, like I could have, if I had client calls, I could have just easily rescheduled them. But like, listen, our car needs to be towed. This is when the company can come, right? So it's like, very easy to like move those things around and still have plenty of time to do the things. Yep. It's also funny how little we actually end up really having to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like 
say you have, I'm just making something up, but like say you have five or six clients, like maybe over the course of the entire time you work with them, maybe once for each of them, you move something if that, like, do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, yeah, it probably will never feel that big, even if it feels big for you. So I think that perspective is just important too. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's funny that you say that because like at some point while I had my nine to five, I had like seven or eight clients that I was working with. And like, I don't think that I rescheduled any of their calls. Yeah, right, right, right. And like, that's when my time was like being split between two like totally different entities. So I'm just like, I have evidence that like, I mean, like it was a lot between balancing that and balancing the the nine to five, but like, I've already done it kind of thing. Yep. Mm I've already done it and I've already proven to myself that nothing went crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. There's and so when much things go crazy, I am very capable of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you don't feel well or when you need a morning off, you're very capable to give yourself that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't mean something always has to be going crazy either. It's just like yeah. you being able to say like you did with that call last week, like, hey, I'm like, gonna need this time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's just like a good reminder of like, if I have the call, I can always move it. And nine times out of 10, I will need to. Yep. I also think that sometimes it's knowing you can. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I feel so much spaciousness around like knowing I can in my business. But nine times out of 10, I would rather make it work than actually move it. Yep. That totally makes sense. You know, so it's just the knowing. Yeah. And I think like sometimes I just do better when I'm like thrown into the thing rather than like having to like think about it too much, which is why like I think there's a part of me that also just like wants this launch to like fill so that I can like stop thinking about like what will it feel like when I have five clients again, but then just like be in it and be like, okay, this feels fine because like it will feel fine Mm -hmm. when I'm there, if that makes sense. But I have, like, too much time to think about it right now. (laughs) Yeah, I almost feel like that's – to me, I feel like that's this, like, weird push-pull dynamic that you're in that you get to put down, which is, like, you you keep craving and reinforcing the the want for spaciousness, but then Mm. also – really reinforcing like I just want to get past this and have the clients and so you're you're almost putting yourself in that Mm. push pull either way does that make sense yeah that does make sense well it's funny because like I know I'll also still have stations when I have the clients Mm -hmm. too so it's like yeah and I guess like the thing that I don't know how to do is like how to get out of that like dichotomy of like the push pull I think that it's almost like getting on board with like every part of me wants these clients kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so small and nuanced, but I think there is still this this part to just keep letting go of that's like, but it's much safer. Yeah. Like this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's much – like even I think yeah. you kind of had like that crazy day and messaged me in Basecamp and we're like, maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> like <laughs> – too many clients and I just need like boxer clients or so, which again, that could be an option. Yeah. But like, you see what I'm saying? It's almost like every, it's like getting every part of you on board with the idea mm-hmm. that like more clients is all better for me. Like it still mm-hmm. gives me time freedom. It still gives me control. It gives me more monetary freedom. It gives me more of that fulfillment and service. I'm cre- like almost yeah. like seeing it as like all positive, not like Obviously, we all make trade-offs, but not like there's this huge give. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And I think I'm like not sure what the like big give that like my brain is like telling me is is <laughs> like I don't well, know. If that I was think words. I don't know if this. Yeah, no, I got you. I don't know if this feels true for you, but like I think that um. So sorry, I just if you're like what the fuck is she doing? I just got pen everywhere. <laughs> my pen no. <laughs> um. Uh, but I think that when you're in like what you said earlier, like you're in an anxious place right now, you're dealing Mm -hmm. with a lot. I think the idea of just dealing with more is kind of this arbitrary thing that our brains just are like, no. Yeah. But I think it's almost like seeing how dealing with more would actually really serve a lot of what you're dealing with. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Like you wouldn't have the time to overthink it. (laughs) 
as mm-hmm. much. You would have more of like the financial um, freedom that wasn't as stressful. Like almost yep. just like I would give you like a to-do of just like listing out like how does this get me more of everything I want. Oh, I like that. Like these are all the ways that having more clients serves me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And I've been doing like a similar thing with my launch, but like that's a – it's kind of like a different twist on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do think that it's like the combo of like just feeling a lot of ha- heightened anxiety around like navigating my – like the infertility stuff and exactly. these early scans and coming up on like, you know, the scan where we like lost our last pregnancy and that's like really terrifying. Yeah. So. And so it does feel like a lot, even though, like, it's not actually, like, the life pieces that feel like a lot. It's, like, this one piece. Yeah, it's the weight of it, right? Yeah. And so that then being, like, well, I know you have that on Wednesday, but wouldn't it be great to add all these clients? <laughs> like, your right. brain is, like, I mean, not fucking really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense. And it's just getting it more and more on board for that and giving yourself the grace there, too, to be, like, of course this makes sense. Like, of course this is a lot to handle. Like, yeah. when I'm that overwhelmed with, like, fluctuating emotions, the last thing I'm necessarily wanting is, like, a full calendar, right? Mm. Yeah. And I think there's, like, some part of me this is, like, that, like, resents the, like, infertility stuff because it's, like, preventing the business from, like, being able to, like, get the clients and thrive and, like, do what I know that it's so capable of doing. And it's like, that doesn't have to be true, but I think that's the story my brain's telling me of like, well, if you weren't in the middle of treatments, if this wasn't happening, like your business could be thriving. And like, I really want it to be both, but like my brain is like, it can't be both. You have to pick one or the other. Like you either get to have this baby or you get to have the business with the clients. And it's like, that just feels like a not helpful story. <laughs> what if it was like, if, and I know you know know this and believe this, but I think it's yeah. what I'm saying is like. Tell me again. Sometimes we need this. to hear it again. <laughs> yeah. You would never have this business if it wasn't for right. the infertil- infertility journey. Like, right. you would probably be in a nine-to-five forever, maybe. Oh, gosh. That would be terrible. <laughs> right? Because you would have never had this thing or this inspiration or this driver or this reason. Yeah. That's so true. So I, mean, I don't like, – th- You're right. I knew that. But, like, it's nice to hear it again. Yeah. So I get – your point in the moment, which is like, I'm going through all of this, which makes it harder to manage mm-hmm. all of that. So it yeah. feels like they're in competition. But I think when when you're almost like, I'm going through all this, which is what has given me that, mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of see how they mesh. Like, yeah, it it you couldn't you couldn't be going through this without it, you know. So I just really wanted to touch on this idea of how sometimes the hardest things are what give you the motivation, inspiration, and drive really to create the business. And so sometimes those things can feel like they're in opposition to the business. You know how Michelle was kind of saying, gosh, like right now the IVF journey feels like in opposition to the business, but really the truth is the IVF journey is what has given her the you know motivation, inspiration, and drive to create it. And so really seeing that I think is super important because no matter what that is for you, like I know for a lot of my clients, like um, having really small kids is what really motivated and inspired them and drove them to create this beautiful business that could give them income, flexibility, freedom, all of those things. But it can be really easy to then get into a headspace of feeling like, but gosh, like the kids and the business are almost like, you know, uh, in opposition to each other. And that can be really, really difficult. So it's just kind of coming back to that why behind it. Like, what was that why? What was that motivation? What were those harder things that you had to have happen that were giving you that drive to create this and making those really live together beautifully as opposed to it feeling like those start to become in conflict with each other. Because again, like we were talking about before, that conflict is what can bring up a ton of resistance and make you push growth away in your business and removing it will continue to make it feel better and better over time. Yeah, no, that's like very true. And I also know too, like, even though it feels hard, like 
I hold myself really well through all of this. Like I yeah. like it's okay to like be upset and all the things, right? Totally. Like, and that's what I teach my clients and give so much permission around. Um, but it's still hard. <laughs> yeah. And so when you say that they feel like they're almost in competition, explain that to me a little bit more. Um, I mean, like it feels like my attention is constantly getting pulled like one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like right now the the example is just like right like having these like appointments and things that have like a lot of heightened anxiety around them and so like the idea of like scheduling a bunch of client calls like feels daunting because it comes down to that like well what if I have to move them and reschedule them but like even just giving myself permission of like you get to move them and reschedule them if you need to right mm-hmm. so just schedule the client calls mm-hmm. and then you can figure it out on the back end and. So I think that's why it feels in resistance. Like I can't schedule the client calls because what if I have to move them? But it's like, what if you can schedule the client calls and then you have to move them? And like we talked about nine times out of 10, that will not be the case, Mm -hmm. right? And like just because I'm in a state of heightened anxiety right now, like the micro states of heightened anxiety, like where I did end up moving that call was because I was literally waiting for a phone call from my clinic. And that was like terrifying, right? But like right now I could totally get on a call with the client and support them and whatever they're going through. And that would, like, be good and, like, feel good and, like, mm-hmm. be easy. Um, so, yeah. And maybe even, like, feel better is, is something to think about, right? Yeah. Like, this is all serving. And that's part of what really inspired me to start my business in the first place is just, like, no matter what happens with our infertility journey, like, this was pre-Mila, like, I – and, like, I wasn't a coach at that point, but, like, I was, like – sharing my story, helping women navigate the season, reminding them they're not alone, like all of that serves a bigger purpose of giving meaning to my journey regardless of the outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like a big motivator for me in like having this business. Something that comes up for me that I think um, they talk about in like the kind of like manifestation-y world a lot is this idea of like a united will. Mm -hmm. Mm. I've not heard of that. So basically like, you know, almost not like I say I want one thing, but I really want another, but I kind of want Mm -hmm. it like this, but I kind of, it's like everything's united. And so I feel like the point here is that what, what you get to work on is your united will, Mm -hmm. not your time. So your time can be pulled all over the place. <laughs> yeah. You can have to reschedule. You can have half your day spent in appointments and half of it spent on the business. Like the time thing is not ultimately the impactor of what's happening or your mm-hmm. success. It's more like the united will. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like how do I see these things as like fueling one another and serving one another and one in the same rather than opposing competing forces. Exactly. <laughs> They're like dueling in the night. <laughs> right. Totally. It's like, oh, well, like my ultimate will is to have a really uh, successful pregnancy and mm-hmm. a really successful business. And like those two are like part of my like united will. And I see them both together and I see them living together. And I see that vision as opposed to it feeling like, well, because my time is split, it means my my desires or my ultimate Mm. goal or will is split. Does that make sense? So obviously we have a big theme today, but I want to talk a little bit about that united will piece versus making it all about time, right? So when it's all about time, i.e. like the life versus the business, because some time goes to the life and maybe it should go to the business or some goes too much to the business, maybe it should go to life. And it's like the time creates the competition, right? But the united will brings it all together, which is like, wait, it is my ultimate dream for both of those to exist and for time to be given to both of those each day, right? And I think it's really important to see that, how when we create that united will of, wait, no, this was the dream, this is what I want it to look like, as opposed to just looking at through a time lens, which creates that competition, we get so much closer to getting what we want, but also, realizing we have a lot of it now, you know? So like with Michelle, obviously she wants more and she wants to grow more, but she has so much of what she's been wanting now. Like, you know, she has 
the business, the flexibility, the opportunity, um, the pregnancy that she is now building a business around, all of that. And so when we can keep focusing on that united will piece of it all living together, it will get so much easier for her over time. So I just really want to share that because I think, you know, in an ideal world, of course, we could give all of our time to just one thing. Usually that's not ultimately what we really want though. And usually it's not um, feasible. So being able to use other metrics and look at it in other ways or seeing us splitting that time as part of being the thing that we want most is really, really helpful. So no matter what you have kind of pulling on your time there, see if you can play with like letting go of that piece of it a little and looking at the United Will piece and if that can make a difference in how you're experiencing it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think for like a while I was like working on getting on board with the idea that like having a successful pregnancy like like was good for the business, right? Like yeah. I think there was a point um, probably like last year, honestly, where like it felt like, oh, and, and part of it was because I'd had quote unquote easy like success with our first IVF cycle and that one embryo turning into Mila. Um, and so when we got pregnant the second time, like I was kind of like, is it allowed to be this? E-? Right. Like the story that our brains go to. Um, and we've talked about this before, but like how I think for the point of my business, like it kind of makes sense that it, it like, it could have been that easy, but like to be able to serve women on the level that I can now after having experienced multiple losses and gone through multiple rounds of IVF, like one that resulted in no live children, um, just like deepens the like layer of work that I like get to do with my clients and also the understanding that I have for the mm-hmm. space that they're in. Um, and so there, I think like there's been this process of becoming of like, it is safe for me to get pregnant, which is like also the conversation that we had with like, yep. how will I tell my clients? <laughs> like, yeah. what will that look like? Right. Totally. And I do think that I'm in a space where like, I do think that being pregnant serves my business and my clients at this point. Right. Because it's like me just staying stuck in the turmoil for the sake of being stuck in the turmoil. Like I have, and that's like the conversation that we had maybe two weeks ago where it was like, I have what I need to serve my people. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that like, you know, no more obstacles might exist, but like, I know that I have exactly what I need to like serve my people well. And, and I think that's all been a process of this uniting of like coming to terms with like getting to have success in my pregnancy still means my business gets to thrive. It still means that I can serve women in the infertility community, even if I'm no longer actively going through treatment. Um, because like I've, still had that experience. Like you can't take that, you Absolutely. can't take that trauma mm-hmm. away. Although I would be happy if someone was like, bye trauma yeah. at the end. Uh, like, but also if that happened, then like I wouldn't have Mila, like I wouldn't be pregnant right now. Like I wouldn't yeah. be serving this community in the way that I am. So it is very much like that both. And, um, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting that that's like, that you're like, the focus is on like uniting. Cause I think like that has been the process for a really mm-hmm. long time. And it's like all kind of like coming to its like head now. We're like at the merge phase. Well, I think you're also at, you know, potentially a really like uncomfortable level of goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, you might, this might be it. Like you might be rocking through this pregnancy, your business. Yeah is really picking up momentum. You're not in a nine to five anymore. Like, I think there's a lot for you to process in, in yeah. it all being really good there too, right? Yeah. Um, I actually have like an affirmation that pops up on my phone every morning that I like scheduled in my reminders. And it's been going for like a while, even before like I was pregnant again. And I think it says something to the effect of like, congrats on being pregnant. It gets to be this good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, that's like the little reminder that I get like every morning at 7.30 a.m. And I've been getting that like even before I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, and it's just been like a nice like comforting reminder both of like, yay, you're pregnant. Like this is worth celebrating regardless of what ultimately happens. And then also like digesting the like it does get to be this good and it doesn't mean that like the other shoe has to drop. And right. it doesn't also mean that like stuff won't happen, right? Like we had our car towed last week because it wouldn't turn on. But like none of that has to mean like, oh, the sky is falling, it's over. And I think that's where so many of our brains go. Foreboding joy, as Brene Brown calls it. Yeah, and I think that that's like a safety 
mechanism that you're probably going to have come up right now because it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I really, really, really want this pregnancy to work. And so maybe I'll have to give up the business to make that okay. Or Mm. maybe I'll have to, um, you know, let things slide over here. Maybe I won't be able to like sign as many clients. Like your brain is almost like, making these bargains or deals. <laughs> it's like, here, universe, I will give up these things. Right. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. I actually think the universe is like, no, go serve this community. Yeah, like, like that's, just, you could that's just why take we're this here. thing I'm trying to hand to you. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. That is, that's what the universe is actually trying to yell at me is like, no, stop like sacrificing things. Like you just get to have all of it and like yeah. go take it and accept it. And like you said, it doesn't mean that life isn't still going to happen, but it's, right. it's not like, pre-creating that shit almost either yeah. where it's like, oh, well, I'm pregnant and I'm about to have this ultrasound, whatever. So obviously, <laughs> yeah, I don't have time for the business or whatever because you know that's not conceptually true. It's just easy to go there because it kind of feels safer to be like, well, I'd much rather like that be the thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think this right? whole thing has been also like in some ways like a a deepening and unraveling with like manifestation and like what I believe around that. Cause there was very much a time where I was like, oh shit, like my terrible thoughts and fears are going to cause like bad outcomes Mm. in my like pregnancies. And I like felt that. And I was like, this can't, this can't be right. Like this is just, (laughs) this is not a thing that I am behind. Like, and I, I understand that like the easy way to say it is like your thoughts and feelings, like create your reality, but they like create how you experience your reality, which is very different than like, you caused your miscarriage. And it's like, nope, you sure as heck didn't. Um, And so that's also been helpful too, of just like me being like, okay, this is like what I believe here and what I don't believe here. And this is the power that I believe I have, which is a lot, but it's not in this way necessarily. Um, 100%. It's more in the sense of like, if I believe I have to, and it's even subconscious, like this is the thing, right? It's not even like the super conscious choice sometimes, but it's like, if I subconsciously believe that, to have this pregnancy, something else, some other shoe is going to drop, then I'm going to find myself almost accidentally taking those actions in my business where I don't schedule the call or I don't do the thing or I pull back Mm -hmm. on this. So it's like it does impact the outcome, but it's so tied to like what I believe impacts how I show up, which impacts the thing, right? Which is so different than like I had one bad thought and it created this whole chain of events that, you know. Yeah. And the like thing you're describing is like how I'm taking action and showing up in the business in things that I can control versus like the things that I can't. So yes. Yeah. There's just been a lot of like unraveling and healing over the last Mm -hmm. year plus. So and like the thing too is like this is the part of pregnancy that I like tell so many of my clients like it doesn't just immediately like go away once you get pregnant like I support so many women through their early pregnancies and they're anxious and it's normal and it's like of course you're anxious you like really want this oh my thing God, totally. it's almost and you've harder been through this roller so coaster to get there yeah and it's like but you can get through this and they do and I can get through it too you know and it's just like part of it's like part of the unfortunate rite of passage of like being pregnant after infertility is that like you got to be willing to put up with the like fear that it could all go away and trust that you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think like keep giving yourself grace and permission to be like, of course it's harder once it's clo- like, of course it yeah. doesn't go away. Of course the fact that it's a Monday and we're having the scan on Wednesday means that yeah. my anxiety is elevated. Like, you know, I think like the the more you keep giving yourself that, permission there and the Mm -hmm. intention being to give yourself that permission without it. And this is the key without it, meaning that you're going to fuck something else up or you have to give something else up or something else has to go wrong because of it. That's the point, right? Yeah, for sure. And I find like this kind of like trauma finds its way into other spaces. So like, for example, like there was a point in time where I was really struggling on like celebrating things in my business because celebrating felt really hard because with our pregnancies that we celebrated and lost, like it was like, what, like what the heck? Um, Or like, you know, in that moment where a client says yes, but they like haven't signed the like contract or put down their payment and you're like, well, what if they leave? Like, you know, what if they go away? And it's like seeing the ways in which like those fears basically just transfer right over and still like honoring them, but not being like, 
this is this is doesn't have to be real. Like this is just exactly. a fear, and that's okay. Because um, it's like the lessons are in all the spaces. It's the same lesson just over and over and over. Just again. follows you around. <laughs> Basically, thank you, Mama Universe. This is very kind of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was helpful. This was like, yeah, this was good in terms of just like making me feel like a little better. And I like the idea of like focusing on integrating the business and life and just uniting them and seeing them as serving one another rather than like in contrast to one another because like resistance just doesn't feel good, which is funny because like mm-hmm. I talk to my clients about that all the time. Like if you just keep fighting that like infertility is part of your story, it's going to feel freaking hard because it is part of your story. It is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just there. You don't have to like it, but like we do have to accept it if we want to be able to move through mm-hmm. it because otherwise you're just like bash, bash, bash. Yes. And and similar to almost like we don't want you spending the next nine months like almost like feeling that bash, bash, bash between the business yes. and yeah. pregnancy, right? Where yeah. it's almost like because like as the pregnancy progresses and it's really good almost like subconsciously sabotaging some of this because it's mm-hmm. like well something else has to fall apart here or whatever right and so yeah it's just going to be some of the work is being like nope nothing has to yep. and that's what you're here for and that's yep. why I'm also so grateful that like we're working together in this season because I think that that is going to be a big part of the work and I don't want to like burn my business baby down just because mm-hmm. I'm having a human baby. Yeah. Both can be right. important and special. So, and it's totally possible that like having your business baby ends up being the thing that supports the human baby, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, so it lets you have that flexibility. It's what lets you plan around the appointments and it's what lets you do all of those things that wouldn't have been possible there. So, it's seeing it as like, wait. I'm building this for that. Yeah. As opposed to like, I'm building this in spite of that. And then the last part on our mindset theme for this session is I really want to challenge you guys to use whatever, you know, experience you're having of this in your business or life and see it as I'm building this for that and not I'm building this in spite of that. So for example, Michelle is building this business to have time for processing, time for her family, time to tend to her pregnancy, all of that, right? She's not building this business in spite of needing time for processing, time for family, and time for pregnancy. And you see how just that small shift can mean everything, right? Because it's the difference between feeling that tension, again, of like business versus everything else, or feeling like that. Um, alignment where one gets me more of the other, right? So I'm building this for that thing and not building it in spite of that thing. Again, I'll use the example of so many clients that want more time with their kiddos. Like they're building it for that, not in spite of that. And it doesn't mean that there's not challenges to be had with that, right? Of course, Mistral has challenges in terms of her IVF journey and what she's going through and all she's holding and processing right now. Of course, if you have small kiddos, you have challenges um, related to building the business with them, right? But it's not framing it like, gosh, this could be so much better if it wasn't for that. It's framing it as like, the whole reason I'm building this is to support that, right? So again, it's just a small mindset shift, but I think it's so important because it would is what keeps getting us closer and closer to putting down that resistance and letting more come in and to seeing how it's all possible to live together. Again, it doesn't mean we don't have challenges or trade-offs that we have to make along the way because of it, but when we can truly create that united will and vision of it all living together, it's so amazing how much things um, you know show up for us or doors open that help that happen. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think like the work too is like, I think it was Amy Orbody that said this to me. She was like, we're both in the business of birthing. And it's like, it's this concept of just like 
becoming, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not about the baby necessarily, right? It's about the human that's becoming the mom who is like learning to embrace this new season and like changing that relationship with self so that you can ultimately show up for your tiny human in a way mm-hmm. that like feels good for both of you that you're like excited, right? Because you can be really excited about the thought of motherhood, but the reality is it has the same roller coasters as any other season. And then you mm-hmm. can feel all the same guilt and shame of like, well, I didn't spend enough time with my kid or I didn't say that right to them or like I lost it on them when they lost it today. So it's like, you know, the more work we do on ourselves, I really do believe like the better mothers and parents we become because, you know, you get to heal like generational trauma and all of that too. And like infertility just adds to the weight of whatever existed there previously. So mm-hmm. it's like such, it's just like such important work. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think even, um, you know, like the example you gave there of like, you know, the guilt or whatever. It's like even like not wanting to see that for yourself down the road is like the guilt of working on the business doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm less grateful for this or less, you know what I mean? So I think it's just like beautiful to see how it's like we know how important that is and it's just mm-hmm. doing it for ourselves, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I always – it's funny because like Ori and I have been having conversations about like because he's like in the process of job searching and like, you know, we're going to – be sort of figuring out like our new finances, whatever those are going to look like. And he was like, there might be a, a world where like you might have to stay home with these kids. And I'm like, nobody is going to benefit <laughs> if I'm home with these kids full time. We are going to figure out a way for them to be in school, for me to have my time, and then we get to be together as a family. Because like I just know that that time is like so valuable and important to mm-hmm. And so – and like trusting that like we can figure it out. And like I fully believe that this business is going to like help make that – a reality where it's like we don't have to have that conversation of like you have to stay home with the kids versus like do you want to which is a yes, very different mm-hmm. which is a very different conversation so yeah and it all gets to live together and it all gets to live together and that's what and I'm going to be working on to be safe mm-hmm. for it mm-hmm. to be that good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep right mm-hmm. that's the work mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think, you know, just even over the next couple of days, just continuing to reinforce that for yourself, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it gets to be – For it to be this good. Mm. It gets to be this good and also like it being this good in my life serves the business and it being this good in my business serves my life. That's the the unifying thing right there. And even just like coming back to to that every day is like that list or whatever of like – how this gets me everything I want. Like even just like rereading that every day or whatever and just like continuing to connect back to that, you know, as opposed to it feeling like right now it's almost like, no, this this is like the only thing I want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, all of this gets me what I want. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I'll add it to my like certainty list and turn it into like a little manifesto. <laughs> just like, like come mm. here when you're having a moment. Exactly. And exactly what you need kind of thing. I think especially during times of, like, really heightened intensity, we need that, like, place to come back to where it doesn't have to be, like, wait, what should I journal on right now or what? Like, we need, like, yep. a cheat sheet, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it's, to be like, like, oh, yes, and uncertainty. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are my two things right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful. Um, speaking of certainty, I know we have a few minutes left and I want to yep. make sure we, like, tackle this thing. So launch. Um I'm working on calling in these cute clients and um, I have all my stuff scheduled. I'm like putting it out. Um, I have not had any reach outs or anything since that initial person asked for info. And so I don't know if you have any recommendations there on like, should I change anything or should I just like let it ride until Wednesday and see where we're at? My one kind of like forward thinking thing is like, what's happening after Wednesday because I need to like schedule out my like social media posts and all of that. Um, And I'd like to do that in advance if I can because I think I have stuff scheduled through Thursday right now, but Mm -hmm. we're going to be gone all day on Wednesday. So I'm just like, do I go back to stop the spiral calls? Do I like plan on extending the launch by a couple of days? Like what? So the the first few things that come up for me are like, one is I would definitely follow up with that person who reached out. Mm. Okay. And then also, like, half the point of doing 
the stop the spiral calls is so you have people to reach out to. Yep. So I would think about like if if they're not reaching out to me, I'm going to reach out to them. Okay. Right. So going back to like the people you've talked to and being like, hey, want to make sure you saw this. Hey, like this is expiring December 1st. Like want to make sure you had eyes on this, seeing where you're at right now, blah, blah. Like, so it's almost just like, okay, cool. Like we're not getting as much outreach as I want, but I still have a list of people that I can reach out to. So it still like gives yep. you that like empowered feeling there of being like, oh, well, I'll just go talk to them about it and like put it in front of them. Does that make sense? All right. So I want to talk about personal outreach here and really why we can't just wait for people to reach out to us. I think that, you know, sometimes we do this thing where we put out an offer and then just, you know, think like, well, if they want it, they'll reach out, <laughs> you know? And um, I've talked about this so much on this podcast, but that is not always true. Like there are so many other factors. Did they see it? Do they feel nervous? Are they scared to reach out? Do they have objections? Like I could go on and on, right? But the other thing here is to also remember that it is a two-way street. So as much as that person who got on a call with you could reach out and say they want it, you could reach out to that person and say, hey, we got on a call and I think you'd be perfect for this, right? And so it's so empowering to realize, wait, I could just do that outreach instead of feeling like, well, I just have to wait for people to reach out to me. And honestly, I think it converts so, so well too. It's not like personal outreach is this um, really terribly converting time stack. It actually works super, super well. So if you're in a position in your business where you don't feel like you have as many people reaching out to you as you want, please, please, please stop and take the time to reach out to them. And quite honestly, even my clients who do have a ton of people reaching out to them are still spending time on personal outreach because it just converts so damn well, right? So. Let's really like reframe that and see that as like one of the most empowering strategies we can do instead of feeling like it's almost like, you know, this thing where we would be doing something negative or bothering people or where if our business was going the way it should, everyone would be reaching out to us. No, it is totally, totally fair to do personal outreach. It is an incredible strategy and it works really, really well. And it gives you all that empowerment that we're looking for. Yeah, that does make sense. and I feel like I have to kind of check in and see like where my outreach stuff is um, with the stop the spiral calls. But I think like maybe reaching out to the folks like there are some folks that have like been watching like all of my stories. Absolutely. <laughs> We're talking about like hundreds of stories because um, I talked a lot about it because, you know, you need the info to make the decision for you. Right. Yep. And so just reaching out to the folks that like made it to the end of that being like, hey, did you have any questions about this? Are you thinking mm-hmm. about doing it? And just see what they say. Exactly. And all that's going to do is either get you a sale or give you data. Yep. And that's what we want. We either want to hear from them like, oh, I was really interested, but this. Okay, cool. That's so helpful for us to know. We can do something with that. Or like, actually, yes, I didn't even see this. Thanks for letting me know. I want to hear more. Like, either way you win, basically, yep. no matter what happens there. Um, and it just helps us adjust. And then in terms of next steps, I would definitely go back to stop the spiral calls because it's basically the point here of like, almost like, look at, look at this trajectory here where it's like, get people on the phone, but clients have people to reach out to get people Mm -hmm. on the phone, but clients have people to reach out to. And what we had talked about is like, maybe this one month offer isn't just like, obviously we packaged it for the holidays, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah can become this thing you're pitching off the calls if someone isn't ready. So in a sense, like the offer just lives on, but this like holiday deal just stops December 1st. Does that make sense? Yep. That does make sense. And like, obviously like I have the content so I could do this again next year and like use whatever data I have to like tweak it. Um, So it's not like this was a total loss. It's like, yeah, this offer I think makes sense as a, as an offer point to folks who are on stop the spiral calls who like, don't necessarily have like treatments or anything like to be walked alongside because like they might feel like three months is a big commitment and they don't really know where they're going but like 30 days so just like figure out whatever came up on the stop the spiral call I feel like feels a lot more doable and can still be really impactful like I just finished or I'm like wrapping up with um the girl that inspired all this basically and she's gotten so much out of our 30 days together and was like so grateful for like me being there through her like retrieval process and 
we're keeping our fingers crossed that her embryo comes back normal. So, um, yeah, it was that was also just good evidence of like, oh, this like can work as a model too. I yeah. think something mm-hmm. that like comes up for me, which is like really timely with your income mapping <laughs> live stream was just <laughs> like, um, you know, like how do I get to a point where like I can map income for like that feeling of financial stability? Because like right now, like I have like the three-month offer and then I have this like one-month offer and like that doesn't give me a lot of like runway necessarily for like mapping out finances basically. I mean, I think like the the way you do it right now in your business isn't really through income mapping. It's through knowing you can book clients. Mm. Okay. I know that sounds kind of weird and it's like the same thing but not, but it's almost like all of your – security right now is going to come through seeing like I can keep booking these stop the spiral calls. I can keep making conversions. I can keep booking. And then once you have that flow down, it's so much easier to be like, okay, well, I have this many spaces. I'm continuously filling them reliably. It makes me this much. So almost like don't take your eye off that prize of just like all my consistency and ability to project comes from just continuing to like get call, convert call. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's really about like the momentum piece of like yeah. I'm getting people on the calls and then they're converting from the calls and like that that is the where the like projection comes from basically. Exactly. Because then we have like something that we know to project off of. Like, well, we know if Michelle has five calls, she usually books three of them and mm-hmm. we know she can reliably book this many calls, like that's where it starts to get really solid. Do you see what I mean? Okay. So Michelle asked a question here about income projections. And I think it's just so important to see this because I feel like sometimes in our minds, we're almost separating like, well, how do I predict, get predictable income? We're separating it completely from like this marketing process we're doing. Right. And what I was saying to Michelle is like, we really have to make that like step one, step two, in a sense. Like as soon as I get a well-oiled machine process down of like getting people on calls and converting them, then I'm in a much different position to do the income projections because I have a machine that works, so to speak. It's kind of like trying to project, you know, how far a car can drive that I haven't ever built before. Well, I'm probably going to need to build the car and have it be a well-oiled working machine before I can um, project or predict how far I'll be able to drive it or how fast it will go, right? Especially because we don't really have other data on that yet. So like it'd be like building a car from absolute scratch that was not based on any other data. Does that make sense? So I really, really believe it's so important to be connecting those things, right? We make income projections after we have that well-oiled machine of knowing like, oh yeah, I know how to convert people. So if I keep doing this reliably, I know I can keep this many spots filled or predict this. And connecting those two together is really important because it makes you stay in the process. Like when you can see like, oh, if I just nail this one last piece of my process, everything starts to work. My income starts to be predictable. All of this consistency I'm looking for starts to show up. The motivation to rock that out and fix that and keep focusing on those calls, those conversions is so high. When those feel separate, the motivation can lag sometimes because you're like, well, yeah, I mean, like I'm trying to convert over here, but what I really want is to be able to project predictable income. That can be frustrating. It can keep you kind of bouncing from thing to thing. But when you can keep seeing, wait, this next step of just being able to convert these free calls really well is the only thing I need to get everything else I want, i.e. like the predictable income, et cetera. So just wanted to share that because I think it's so tempting to kind of want to go off on these other tangents and when we can keep bringing it back to like, there is one problem to solve that fixes all these other problems, that's when business not only feels much simpler, but actually just is much simpler in practice and actually happens faster because you're focused on the one thing as opposed to so many other things. Yeah, and I won't really know what that number is until more time has passed because some folks are gonna convert some right away, but some of them might come back (laughs) three months, six months and be like, hey, like I'm back. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
But it's it's just good to keep being like, <coughs> that is what gets me what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, because then it feels so purposeful as opposed to it kind of being like, well, I'm doing this thing over here, but what I really want is this thing over here. It's like, no, like the more calls I get and the more I can practice this like mm-hmm. call to conversion thing, it's almost like how it took you like three months to like book the calls yeah, really consistently. Yeah. Say it takes a couple months to like really lock in these conversions consistently but then from there, it's like, wait, I know how to book calls. I know how to convert them. I know how to stay full. Like that whole machine just starts operating so well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That felt like so relieving to hear you be like, oh, it took you a couple months to learn how to like book the free calls. Now it can, like, it's okay if it takes a couple. I was like, oh yeah, it's okay if it takes a couple Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, interesting. And in the meantime, I'll just keep manifesting money through random means like car crashes and gift cards. <laughs> Maybe no more car crashes. Yeah, we'll like take that, that one off the list. You know, we can take that off, but like I am grateful for the the money that came from that. <laughs> well, I think what's good to see there is that like it doesn't feel new because you've obviously like been doing business, but having this many calls and having this mm-hmm. many opportunities to convert it just started basically. Yeah. Well, and speaking of calls this morning, I woke up and this girl that had booked a call and then forgot and was like at an appointment when we were supposed to have her call, she rebooked her call this morning for later this week. So I was like, yay, another call in the book. So yeah. yeah. So that was exciting. So you almost have to think of that as like, oh, this is new and I'm just learning this skill. And so if it takes me like a couple of months to learn that skill, that's still worth it because then I have this whole cycle that works perfectly as opposed Mm -hmm. to it being almost like... Well, now that I'm getting the calls, I should convert them immediately. Like, no, yeah. of course not. Like that, it's still a new skill you're building. It's still more you're learning about your audience and and the people that are getting on these calls and what they need. It's why we're going to test the one month. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think yep. it's just like cool to say like, doesn't need to take forever. It's not like we're like, I don't know, you know, fuck, could be yeah. forever. No, <laughs> it's just like there's this one like – you know, piece yeah. of the machine that we're just still putting together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay and if that doesn't happen in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, and I know like we put into place like speaking to like objections once a week in the stories yeah. mm-hmm. too. And so like, you know, making sure that like those folks are still finding content that's like relevant to whatever decision-making process that they're in since they're like beyond the stop the spiral process, but they're like now in, you know, do I want support? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also know too that I don't know, maybe two-thirds of my folks, like, really have to hit emotional rock bottom before they're like, okay, (laughs) I, like, literally don't think I could physically or emotionally do this by myself. And then they come to me, right? And so – And And you never know, like, when that happens. Like, it could happen before the call, after the call, three weeks after the call. Like, you don't know. Yep. Yep. Um, Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So I'll go back to promoting Stop the Sparrow calls on Thursday, and then I can schedule content according to that. Yep. And I would also say, like, take that holiday PDF Mm -hmm. and just make a copy of it without, like, the holiday. Yeah. Make it like the – Yeah. What do we call it? Like, what what fun name do I give that? I mean, I I heard you're really good at calling out the names. I think that you could just call it like um an in, like a one month intensives or something like mm. that, you know, where it just feels like um you don't have it, it is your bigger program. It's just yep, like a one month kind of intensive. And so I think like you don't necessarily need something more sexy or like we don't okay. necessarily want to make like a bigger promise. Like it's almost like yep. Oh, get everything you would in 3 months in one month. No, you're just yeah. getting a month. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just a little yeah. more of an intensive as opposed to like a long-term container. Yeah. Yeah. My when I like created my Voxer only offer, which is also sitting in like a corner from months ago. Um, I named it Joy on the Go and it was really fun. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. Mm. So maybe I'll find something that like fits that like intensive piece. Cause I don't think that language that they would understand. Um, but that makes sense that it's like <laughs> It's like a joy crash course. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the word intensive. But we don't we don't want them to crash. <laughs> yeah, no, not crash. I think the word no intensive crashing. is just about like 
are we educating them on like why you would need just three 30 days of intensive support? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I think that's how you'd want to frame it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So less in the way that we mean it for business, but but similar because it's just like this idea of like intensive support for this period of time, which is what makes sense for the holiday thing. And I think it also mm-hmm. is how you want to pitch that because we want it to still feel like better to do the three months. Do you know? Yeah. Like you yeah. would pick this if you needed intensive support for 30 days. Like I think it's just the differentiating factor there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean the reality is is like three months of support is going to be wildly different because it's not like – it's like month one really is like healing, which I think is a great thing to just like do in like that 30 days, right? Um, But then like to build the consistency of habit of like making yourself a priority like beyond the healing – Right. It's like you unpacked the backpack, but like now we have to repack it with yeah. things that we're actually gonna use. And so like, yeah, that that differentiation makes a lot of sense. Um and helping them understand that of like this is what we would do if we continued and why this is valuable. Yeah. Um and I mean I think for someone who's like going straight through an IVF process, like the joyful journey still makes the most sense for them because then they have support all the way through. Yeah. Um and, but there are circumstances for folks like this girl is a great example of like she did a retrieval. She's not sure when she's going to do a transfer or when she's going to do another IVF cycle. And so it didn't make sense for her to commit to yeah. a three-month package up front, which like I totally got. So I'm excited because this actually gives me more capacity to serve humans who didn't otherwise fit into like my initial um, signature program. So good. Beautiful. Okay. So redo that PDF. Okay. We'll get that out. Go back to stop the spiral calls and – Obviously, do that personal outreach in the meantime. Feel good? Okay. Yep. That sounds great. Thanks so much, Lacey. All right. Have a good week. Keep me posted on Wednesday, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.